Hey guys, welcome to Real Live Talk. Thanks so much for stopping by and taking the time to check out this episode. I'm Duke Lamastra, I'm your host, and I was so excited for this episode to sit down with Dan Fisher, who is the youth pastor at Evangel Chapel Assembly of God in Bridgewater, New Jersey. Dan is also my best friend. He's been my my best friend ever since we were kids. And I was so excited to finally have the opportunity to sit down with Dan. We were finally able to make this episode happen. I'd been waiting for this for a while, and uh, I really, really enjoyed our conversation. I think there's a ton of value here. We talked a lot about the mercy and the grace of God, and uh, just about not striving in your own strength to get things accomplished or to get things out of God, but really relying on God's grace and His goodness. And again, I think there's so much value here for you. Uh, with uh, so many things that Dan shared with us and really appreciate you again for being here. If this episode blesses you in any way, if you'd consider subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review, I would really, really appreciate it. So thank you again so much for being here. And now I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dan Fisher. All right, Dan Fisher. <laughs> Yo, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, buddy. We're thanks good. so much for being on, on uh, my podcast with me. This is awesome. Yeah, man. Long, it's been a long time coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, and by the way, we're not starting late at all. This is totally the normal thing that we we're supposed to do. Um, plans time, right? <laughs> yeah. So we are starting, for anybody uh, that that is on here live, uh, we are starting an hour late. So my apologies for that. Um, we had ridiculous. It was all Dan's fault. For sure, yeah. it was definitely all Dan's fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, none of it was Dan's fault. It was all my fault. And uh, but anyway, but anyway, we're here. Uh, Dan, I appreciate you, man, for real. Like I've been wanting to do this forever with you. Um, yeah. I I started this podcast for you to be on it. It only took me forty nine <laughs> episodes. Wait <laughs> till fifty. We could have been a. I didn't even think man. about it at the time. I, I wasn't thinking about in terms of like what number it was, but I actually thought about that. I was like, this is 49. It should have been 50. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a long time coming. But uh, but yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah, brother. So um, just like at the beginning here, for anybody that doesn't know you, uh, just tell just like a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and then uh, and then we'll get rolling. Uh, yeah, my name again is uh, Dan Fisher. Um, I... Uh, New Jersey, born and raised. Uh, Duke and I go way back to uh, growing up together in kids' church and all that fun stuff. But um, currently, I am uh, on staff at Evangel Chapel, uh, an Assemblies of God church in Bridgewater, New Jersey. And uh, I've been on staff a little, 13 years and change. Uh, I'm not really sure where exactly that is. But uh, yeah, so I have the privilege to work with uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers. Um, and then I also get to uh, help oversee with our small groups, which we call growth groups. And uh, for the adults are pretty much campus wide. And uh, yeah, just glad to be a part of it. Uh, we have another campus in Clinton, New Jersey, as well as a Spanish ministry. And uh, so we have a great team that we're able to, uh, to work with. Um, but yeah, so I have been, like I said, on staff for 13 years here, but I actually grew up here at this church since I was two. And uh, it offers me a, uh, a unique perspective to be able to uh, to be able to serve here. So I never knew how God was going to bring it all together. Uh, I can't say I uh, even came close to orchestrating it this way, but um, it's been exciting to see how God has done all of that. And uh, and yeah, so that's kind of a slice of life ministry wise. Uh, and then uh, I've been married to my wife, Melissa, 
for since 2009. Let's put it that way. So I don't have to try to figure out the math right now. And um, <laughs> I, I have an eight-year-old son, Jack, and a three-year-old daughter, Sadie. And um, they're super fun. And so between uh, between teenagers and my kids, they uh, they're keeping me young. And uh, that's kind of the main thing right now. And so it's been uh, it's been a blessing uh, to be able to uh, really serve and and minister in the place that in the area that I grew up in, um, having kids in our youth group from the same high school that I went to and all that. And um, it's just cool how God has been using all this stuff. So uh, it's been a blessing for sure. So that's that's the gist of life right now. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome, man. I like. I, I would just say that one of my favorite things of life so far was that first time that uh, I guess it was what was that like 2019? I feel like it was like the tail end of 2000. Actually, probably almost exactly two years ago, uh, almost to the day. Uh, the last time that um, we came up to New Jersey, and like the first time that our kids like played together <laughs> was like my, that was just such a crazy, just mind blowing thing. Um, because, you know, I think we had been up there one other time when Jack was like really little yeah. and it was like this point, I think we were up, I think Jack was six this past time. And yeah. so Elijah would have been eight. And, uh, so anyway, it was just super cool. Like that, um, that whole thing, like just sort of the the culmination of that point in life where, you know, you and I obviously grew up together and then just kind of like in your backyard and our kids were playing on your jungle gym and like throwing footballs and like just I was like, no way. Like this is just this is just incredible. It's it's just yeah. so crazy how we're I don't know, man, like like we've you like we've been we've been together like we've been tight. Um, you've been my best friend since uh, what, probably like middle school ish uh yeah i would say for sure yeah something like that um i'll have to i'll have to check my scrapbook i forget my journal entry which, <laughs> <That was good>. <laughs> what, what day that was but um <laughs> but yeah because i remember like real specific memories of like kids church uh and all that stuff and uh yeah man i remember it was definitely like transitioning to youth group and all that stuff and i think so that would have been in seventh grade and i remember because I'm a, I got one year on you, and so I remember going up to yep. youth group one year before you, and thinking like, oh man, I have to wait a whole another year till till Duke moves up. So it was at least by the time we were twelve, and um, but yeah. So not only that, when you came up here and visited, I think when Jack was little, he was like two. But then, and your kids, uh, your Elijah wasn't with you, and then so this past time with both of your boys. And both of my kids, they were playing random games here at the church, and I'm like, dude, our kids are playing at the same in the same like kids church area fellowship hall and then our backyard yeah. it, was, it was very surreal it was like a big full circle yeah. moment unreal um so yeah that was uh that was really special for sure um but yeah man it's been it's been a good 20 plus years so <laughs> you know, so let me just say because i yeah i was a year younger than well I, I still am obviously a year younger than you but i mean growing up in youth group and stuff like that i was always just like a little bit behind stuff that was that was going on to transition from middle school to high school the transition from high school to college all that kind of stuff and so i don't remember the exact timeline um but i remember like i was kind of coming into the fray of like youth group and stuff like that when you were already there and i like vividly remember this this one like uh day night whatever it was that we were hanging out and we were we were like literally in my in my in my bedroom 
and you just like nonchalantly called me your best friend <laughs> like like you nonchalantly like we were having a conversation and uh and something came up and you were like well you're my best friend now and like it was something like that just something like and like in the middle of conversation and i didn't say anything but like inside i was just like oh, yes it's finally <laughs> happened <laughs> um it's it, it marked my life um it's on the uh it's on like the highlight reel of my mind when there i when is. i became dan fisher's best friend um no but for real like I, I was thinking about it just sort of getting ready for this podcast and thinking about how like you and i were um you know you you and i were were close and we were able to kind of like you know talk to each other about different things that we were you know going through and feeling and stuff like that as like stupid teenagers mm -hmm. and like we weren't necessarily like i don't know we weren't necessarily always like good kids like like we did a lot of like stupid things but i really feel like um you you kept me like our like our friendship let me say like sort of kept me from like going way outside the lines as far as um there was always just something like we were kind of in that same phase of spiritual growth together where like that was always important to us even though like you know again like we did stupid things and we right. you know probably made some really bad choices yeah, uh i'm sure. sure probably probably good like 85 percent of the stupid things i've done in my life were with you um <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like you you were probably there for most of it but um but yeah no but there was definitely something about like our you know our relationship our friendship that was always kind of like centered around church and centered around God. And again, even when we were like making stupid teenage, like bonehead choices, like there was always something there. Like I remember times where you and I would like, we would do, you know, we'd do something stupid or whatever. Then like we would talk about it and we'd be like, you know, we wouldn't necessarily call it this, but, but I remember like conversations with you where we would talk about like how we felt convicted about something that we <laughs> that we had done or whatever so there was always like that that sort of camaraderie of like yeah of like wanting to wanting to pursue god not not doing yeah. it perfectly by any stretch of the imagination but like yeah. wanting to pursue god wanting to you know be solid in our faith and stuff like that and uh so that's just you know something that i that i super appreciate yeah for sure like there's there's so many things that uh because i remember I remember like really specific moments with God where he did like certain things in my life. And I always remembered that like a moment when I was young, like on the verge of teen years, I guess, we're feeling like convicted of like, okay, I've got this, I've got this church life and I've got this uh, school friends. Like I've got these like two different worlds and I felt like, right. you know, I feel like I'm supposed to live for God, like in all of it. And a big factor in that is, is relationships and is friendships. And so for me, um, I just always knew that, uh, like that was a really valuable thing. So like that, that, the timing of all of that, I think was very much God ordained, um, in the sense that, uh, even as I got older, it was like, those were, those were key things. So as my, as my priorities shifted, um, and like you said, we were far from, from perfect, but as, as my priorities shifted and, and wanting to see what God had to do with our lives and, and things like that. Uh, I knew that that didn't line up with some of my friendships from school and stuff like that. So I know, and, and the pressure is real, the social pressure and uh, of the world around us. And, and so for, yeah, that definitely always, I think, kept me grounded. Um, like when you have a church community and things like that, there, those things are always good to have, but when you can, from that community, uh, form like deep relationships and friendships, um, 
I remember your wedding, man. I remember the reception and, and thinking about that. I'm like, I, mean, I got to do the, the best man speech. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to go into all the, <laughs> the stupidity and things that we did. But um, I remember there was like a, there was a band called Cool Hand Luke and they had us, they had a song that I, that I, I ripped off and, and used as, <laughs> as part of the speech. <laughs> um, and, yes. uh, but it was, it was like biblical. It was like, um, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man another. And that's what God intended us to do. And it was a song about friendship. And I remember it felt very much like that Jonathan David type thing where um, we were there at the right place in the right time. Uh, and I remember my brother when he was uh, in his teenage years and uh, he was going through a lot of stuff and he had friends that were that were doing dumb stuff. And he was like not trying to, to, to be about that. Um, yeah. And just trying to challenge him, encourage him. And and I remember him saying, like, man, well, I don't have the type of friends or friend circle that you had in, in high school. Um, and it really gave me that perspective that, like, that was that was a really special thing to not just our friendship, but the, some of the friends that we had um, that mutually desired things from God, even though we were very imperfect. Uh, that was high in our trying to be the highest on our priority list. And uh, and it makes a big it makes a big difference uh, how that affects how you you grow and how you're shaped um so yeah that was always probably one of the most influential things for me in the, in those most formative years of, of middle school and high school that mm. uh, god uses people in our lives all the time and especially at that time where he was setting us up on a trajectory for life of where he was going to lead us uh, i think the relationships that we had at that in those years were were so valuable and really kind of helped us get to that place because I think left to my own devices, uh, yeah, I don't think that I would have, I would have stayed the course so well. Yeah, but let me just say too, because one of the things that's like always stuck with me um, that like I, I felt there was a time in youth group where you like really did something that really sort of set an example, and uh, and and really, I don't want to say impressed me. I, I mean, it did, but it's it's deeper than that. It, it was just something that I was like, okay. Like this is this is Dan, like in the midst of being a, a teenager and, you know, wanting to mess around, he's putting his, you know, spiritual life and spiritual growth first. And he's actually prioritizing the leading of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it was when like uh, if you remember, I'm sure you remember this. We were um, we used to have like the youth, like we basically had an unofficial like seating section in the sanctuary yeah. on Sunday mornings, which yeah, obviously back. it was like way in the back and off to the side where we could just mess around and like pass yeah. notes and just talk and just like <laughs> completely disconnect before <laughs> the days of passing notes. Passing That's how my wife and I fell in love, man. Like passing <laughs> notes. Uh, we would. So like we were freshmen. In Bible college and, uh, you know, Elam, well, I mean, Christian universities in general, like tend to be, you know, strict as far as, you know, whatever, like boy, girl contact and stuff like that. But yeah. like Elam was like another level. You weren't even like allowed to date somebody during like the first semester. Um, like they just didn't even allow it. Um, and then like you had to kind of um, go to your leadership to like get get permission sort of like to start a dating relationship after that. Um, like and, uh, I mean, I, I, I appreciate that. I don't know if it's like that today or not, but, but anyway, so like we would go to like the library to, to, to study <laughs> together just so that we could like sit next to each other on a couch in the library and, right. uh, and actually like pass notes. We had to still be quiet, but like we could just pass notes and, 
um it was a lot of note passing during our classes and stuff right. like that like we had some some classes together and uh yeah man that was like cultivating time. relationship while disconnecting from actual learning um which <laughs> probably wasn't that good but <laughs> yeah, but, but but anyway where i was going with that was um you just decided man you took the initiative and you decided to like one sunday just like i'm gonna go sit in the front row like front front row center like i'm just i'm gonna move i'm gonna sit up there and i remember like being like super conflicted about it because i was like okay like like this is like he's my best friend he's setting an example i know that like i'm supposed to follow him <laughs> but i wasn't like but i also didn't want to leave like the section where i was like sitting you know with like the girls and stuff <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. stuff it just made it was like just so i don't remember if it took me if it was the same day or if i waited a week or two like i don't remember you know how long it took me but but i'm pretty sure i was like uh the next one to kind of like follow you and do that with you because i saw like what you were doing and just taking that sort of initiative of like a step of like leading your peers you know in something that was uh i'm assuming based on you know something that the lord was leading you to do and uh you know sometimes it's hard man like to do that kind of stuff like you mentioned the peer pressure thing and like yeah. even in church settings you know sometimes like it can be hard to do those things that are kind of going against the the status quo so to speak yeah. um but that was always something that just stuck out to me that i've remembered like i've told that story um like several times throughout my life just as an example oh, okay and uh and eventually Quiet. like the really cool thing is the entire youth section ended up being the front row center and uh you know there really is like you could look then and say that's not like that big of a deal but it really is like you think about sitting in the front where you kind of have to almost pay attention you can't be messing around and talking yeah. and stuff like that like you could yeah. in the back and uh like it made a big difference i think in the overall spiritual climate of the youth group um at that yeah. time and i think that that was a big part of it i definitely i definitely remember that pretty clearly because uh yeah i was there was some kind of service happening and <clears throat> i remember having like i guess like a vision but it was i think it was it was from god but i saw myself like sitting in like a specific like yeah like front row just left of center i guess right yeah um, yeah because well and uh technically center was an aisle, an aisle right, yeah. <laughs> so but, yeah but, yeah but like knowing that like because it like sitting in the back it would be you'd be distracted by everybody in front of you you'd be all the friends like and the pastor at the time was not shy about calling people out um the teenagers in the back for for being disruptive or or uh i don't know being doing dumb stuff um and i remember my mom being like if you are if your name is ever called from the pulpit like you're done Time that happened to me, me once oh really oh. i don't remember that yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> i just remember being i should have been me and then the kid next to me got called out uh tony and uh and i was like crap i dodged a bullet right there um but that was so that wasn't my motivation for moving to the front <laughs> real um, quick it, it happened to me once in a night service it was a sunday uh i'm assuming a sunday night i remember for sure it was a night service and it wasn't we weren't over there it wasn't in the youth section it was the other side of the church um like on the side but like actually the first row on the side and it wasn't really like i remember i was there with a friend and i can't remember who it was it was just the two of us though and legitimately, like, unless I'm remembering this wrong, he was the one that was doing most of the talking. 
Um, yeah. And I was like actually somewhat trying to to be a good kid, but but then like it was just you know too much back and forth. And then at one point, uh, Pastor Ravino was up teaching, oh, and he actually I wasn't going to say his name. You did it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but he actually said something like he he literally like said something about um, you know like talking and being disruptive in a church service. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, like and God knows I'm not talking about Duke Lamaster back there. <laughs> oh, man. That's so and cool. I was like, gulp. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's no anyway, fun for sure. And, I, and it never happened again after that because right. it was not fun. So that probably easily could have been the motivating factor for moving. But uh, no, I remember just having like like just a quick vision of myself like sitting there and I had this feeling like I was supposed to do it. Um, but I know that we also like we put our spin sometimes on what God like uh calls us to do it's like a uh it's not like the full obedience sometimes it's like a yeah. modif modified obedience and so uh <laughs> let me help you out god yeah right what so you like, said was good but i've got a better idea yeah, yeah so i wasn't i it was front row by myself is what i saw but then i think i what i remember was telling you about it and being like dude will you come with me because i don't want to do this by myself okay and all right like, and then but we did it wasn't the front row it was like the second row because you kind of need the back of the pew in front of you to feel like less exposed you know what i mean like you have a it's like a security yeah, yeah, yeah. blanket you know what i mean so instead yeah. of front row by myself i was second row with you um and i think that was enough oh, sweet. to uh to get me going uh, the right way and then yeah sunday like a few weeks later like week by week we had a, a couple more like a, a friend here and a friend there join us and um but i do remember that because i feel like god did want to use that and it, it it affected like instead of it the youth just having their spiritual moments on youth group nights and being like hooligans on sunday mornings uh you didn't have anyone in front of you other than the pastor or the worship team and it could you couldn't help but keep your focus there um and there was probably some times where we might have just still been distracting uh, even closer. But for the most part, I know, at least for me, I can't speak for the rest of the youth group. I know for me, like, it helped me to engage more. It helped me to, to focus more. I wasn't worried about the people in front of me. Everything else was behind. Um, and I, I don't know. It helped me get more out of it, I think. And, um, yeah, it was definitely interesting. I remember guest speakers every once in a while being surprised that that was, that was the youth section. But yeah, I think those were those are the some of the fun ways that that God sort of challenges or uh, tests or helps you grow in in obedience, and uh, you don't always pass those. You know what I mean? Because I think I yeah. have the same amount of stories uh, for times that I listened and saw how it worked out as I do for the times I didn't and wish I did. Uh, yeah, but, man, for sure. But He's gracious, and so he usually balances out for the most part. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah so like uh i guess i didn't remember it 100 percent right uh so i went with you because uh, i definitely remember being conflicted in my mind about it and being like uh and kind of like hoping that like maybe dan will like drop this after a couple sundays and we can go back to the <laughs> back to the friend circle but um but yeah but i mean eventually everybody uh, i think everybody at least at least um you know mostly everybody um came up because like that the back section started sort of like slowly emptying out and then the front section got more full and so um it's cool when peer pressure works in favor of what god is doing <laughs> like yeah, it could actually awesome. work that way you know we usually think of it as a negative yeah. thing but mm -hmm. but uh 
yeah but if the motive if the motivation is is correct like come on man everybody's doing it like it could kind of be positive sometimes i guess <laughs> right no for sure I, yeah definitely um and like yeah because you could always use that in a manipulative way for sure if you if you wanted mm -hmm. to um but no i think that i think that's a big part of that i think and i think uh if i'm honest i feel like if i probably didn't if we probably didn't have that that friendship uh, I might have chickened out. You know what I mean? I've been like, well, God, mm -hmm. do you really like, is that, is that like, do I really have to do this or do I want? So um, I think that, I think we, I think mutually it was kind of like spurring each other on, you know what I mean? Uh, like the Bible talks about, but uh, I think it was like sort of spurring each other on to like, Hey, like, you know, you're not alone in something. And I think that's huge for, for spiritual like community, because when you, when you feel like you're the only one trying to actually live for God, uh, that can, that can mess with you. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes that can be yeah. really encouraging, but that's, I really think that's where community is supposed to happen. Um, and discipleship, like discipleship happens in community and discipleship is really nothing more than like, what can we do to help each other be more like Jesus? And that's really what it looks like. And so we, it's a trial and error sometimes but we have each other to keep going. And so on the day that you may fail, I can be strong for you. And the day that I fail, you can be strong for me. Uh, that's good. That's supposed to what it, it's supposed to be what it looks like. So yeah, so luckily, if you weren't there, I don't know that I would have done it. Because I have a, a similar situation where God was, it was like a prayer thing at my school. Um, there used to be something, well, it's still around called uh, See You at the Pole. I don't know if yeah. you remember that. Uh, but uh, a day of student prayer before school in September every year. And, uh, and I remember being super encouraged because I'm like, oh man, there's actually, there's actually other Christians in my school. You don't feel so alone. But I also know that in that moment, people were taking turns like popcorn style, like to pray out. And I've shared this as a, a negative example, uh, more mm -hmm. than once with, with the teenagers I work with saying that, man, while I was praying, I really felt like God put something on my heart to pray for but I really had that feeling like I'm think I'm supposed to pray out loud. And I was new to this. I was a freshman. Uh, I was new. I was like, well, all these like upperclassmen, like they're sort of leading and doing stuff. And uh, I felt like a very clear thing. Like I was supposed to do like pray for something, but then you have all those rationalizations and, and right. explain it away in your head. Well, well, I'll just pray for it. I will pray for it. God, I'm praying for it right now. <laughs> like I don't have to do it out loud. Like you're not going to hear me any better. Um, and and I kept wrestling with that while that person before me was, was praying. And I, I would have probably been next. And I think I got to that decision point where I was like, I'm, I'm not going to, like, I don't need to, God, I just yeah. I'll pray for it and I'll just do it. And it still honors you. I'm still praying. And uh, no sooner did I make that decision in my own head and heart, one kid stopped praying. And then the very next kid started praying. And I, and I think she started praying like literally the exact thing that I felt like I was supposed to pray. She prayed. Wow. Um, and I felt like, I was like, oh shoot, like that was you, God, I was supposed to do that out loud. Um, I wasn't supposed to do my version of obedience and right. it was a, a harder lesson where I felt like, but the positive part of it was like, God's always doing stuff and he's going to accomplish his will. And he doesn't, he uses us, but he doesn't need us. If that makes sense. Right. There's like a weird tension mm -hmm. there. And, uh, and I felt like. Well, I, the reality is God's going to accomplish what he was going to accomplish. And either I get to be a part of that 
or I, or I, or I get left out from my own will, you know what I mean? Cause my own choices. And so if God's doing something, I want to be a part of whatever he's doing. Otherwise he's going to accomplish it and I'll, I'll miss out on that. And so, uh, I think we're constantly in that tension where are we sensitive to his, his voice and his speaking? Are we even hearing it? Uh, and then when we do hear it, uh, it's how we respond to it. But it was one of those things where it, it was a, it was a lesson in his, his sovereignty and his power and control that I was just like, okay, I would rather be on the positive side of this moving right. forward um, and be part of what you're doing, God, because, um, you'll you'll do it with somebody else and either i i but i want to i get to be a part of what you're doing and that's where i want to be at so yeah man i think i think that isn't i don't think that those lessons are relegated to our, our teenage years and and all that other oh, stuff. no way it's a day-to-day -day thing so well i love the way you described it i think that that's super cool of uh getting to partner with god in that way um, because I think that so often, I think we can look at stuff from just such a like screwed up perspective sometimes in terms of like, oh, I do this because I have to do this. And I don't know. I, I think we do that's stuff that we do sort of out of immaturity and stuff like that. Like, oh, I've, I've got to do this. I've got to obey. Cause if I don't, then God's going to be mad at me. Like, like, no, like God doesn't really have a reason to be mad at you, right. but it, it, so, but when we come at it from that perspective, you know, we can, we can walk away feeling, you know, guilty, feeling condemned because we didn't do something or we didn't do it enough or we didn't do it the right way yeah. or whatever. But when, yeah, when I think when our perspective is that, you know, God's, God's inviting me into something. And, yeah. and I, I think that we can get so f familiar, like overly familiar with God to the point that we don't always see the merit. Like, like if we actually stop to think for a second, hold on. The God of the universe, like the, the creator of the world is inviting me to partner with him because he wants to do something for people that he loves and that he yeah. died for. Like, right. that's a pretty that's a pretty sobering thing. Yeah. But I think that because we just we're so used to it and because, you know, whatever, like we can if we're not if we're not careful, I think we can develop this sort of over familiarity with God where we don't get to really glean from all of these benefits of relationship because we we look at it from a from a skewed perspective i think we can become even like cynical we can become you know just develop these sort of mindsets that cause us to not really take advantage fully of uh of um of what we have access to in god yeah. like like i think it's psalm 103 where um it's like bless the lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits hmm. And, and, and I just think that um, we talk about this a lot, like remembrance, you know, remembering who God is, what he's done, what he's called us into, how good he's been, how faithful he's been, the times he's saved us, you know, yeah. the, well, the time he saved us once and for all, but the times where he's saved us in our yeah. you know own personal lives and and broken in and done things for us when there was no other options. Right. Like we yeah. can just be so quick, I think, to forget just about how awesome he is and i think like that like learning to live in that just awe and wonder sort of childlikeness yeah, of yeah. who god is is so key and i think it helps us to sort of you know stay in stay in step stay in that balance of um responding to him but at the same time not like coming at it from a, a motivation of, you know, fear or condemnation because God's going to be mad at me if I don't do it. Right. You know, I think that that's like a that that's a balance that that comes with 
discovering more about who God is. Yeah, because yeah. so many times we have like the negative motivators in our head all the time. Um, and because even like growing up, I remember it does it almost it almost felt like it didn't matter how many times people could say like how you could just approach God or talk to God or whatever else. I always had this uh, this really poor mindset of like kind of like the guilt and shame mentality that I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta clean myself up first so I can be more presentable to God. Like I don't even Same. feel like I can enter into worship right now because of, I think of, I'm, I just am replaying all this, all this selfish crap I did all week. Um, and, and repentance should be a, 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 a normal part of reverence and how we approach God and all of that. Um, but even just on like a day-to-day -day level, it was like, I gotta, I gotta get my crap together before I can like, try to start living for him again or and yeah. was doing a lot of stuff in my own strength. But then, uh, cause people talk a lot about like, uh, like pride and ego and, and how that can get in the way of being used by God. Um, but a lot of times in the conversation, I think about like the flip side to that coin is, is, is still there as well, where like, yeah, you could be really, really full of yourself and, and do things and try to do things without God or, or run the show yourself. Um, but on the other side, I also feel like uh, we, we can also count ourselves out and feel like we're not good or we're not worthy or like, like God wouldn't use somebody like me, or I don't have that same ability or giftings. Um, but really like both of those are still self-centered. You know what I mean? It's right. like focus on yeah. self instead of the focus on God. And he's the one that makes it able. He's the one that's capable. He's the one that's inviting us into to depend and rely on him. And and both of those, like in that that mindset, requires both of those people to take their eyes off themselves and their abilities or inabilities and focus on him and his abilities. And and now you're right. That's what's awesome. Like he invites us in to be a part of what he's doing, and he accomplishes amazing stuff but he chose people to be his vehicle. And I think that's an amazing privilege, but he also allows us in, not just when he wants to do stuff, but, but uh, just relationship. Like he's inviting us into relationship. And uh, <clears throat> even in our relationship with God, I feel like often he's reminding me that like, man, my life is, is out of an overflow. It's a gratitude that it's not yeah. the list of do's and don'ts to try to like stay good with God, but because of his goodness, I would just want to live in response to that. Like I don't earn my way to his presence, but because of his goodness and his presence, like I want to live in a way that, that honors him. Um, and it's all out of response. There's nothing that I can do or not do. That's truly going to ever mess that up in the, in the grand Come on. In, the, in the bigness. So yeah, it's definitely, we always need those reminders though. That's the, that's the tough part. So he's, He's always good, but the fact that he invites us in to even relationship, that he invites us in to be a part of what he's doing, what he's accomplishing, uh, he invites us to get outside of ourselves to to impact the world around us. And uh, but it always comes back to just that that personalness, <laughs> for lack of a good word, that personalness that like that he's just as big as he is, as in control, as sovereign, as omnipotent, as omniscient as he is. Uh, he's just so, so personal and, and so near and close and caring uh, that he wants to know that day-to-day -day stuff, that he would need that day-to-day -day connection uh, and everything else is an overflow of that. 
but it's easy to to lose sight of that when there's so many other things going on all the time but yeah i love that though like li living out of the overflow and and that every every aspect of of really our relationship with him on our end is is out of a response to how good he is i, yeah. I really love that that's that's such a cool perspective and like I don't know, man. Do you, do you know, like, could you point to a time? Cause, cause you mentioned that you, um, for a long time growing up and I definitely fit into that same category, which is why I'm curious growing up and, and sort of like knowing in your head that, you know, God is good and he's gracious and he's merciful and stuff like that, but always still kind of feeling that you had to do things a certain way in order to be accepted or you had to take care of things, you know, you had to like, you know, do a certain amount of, of repentance and I guess feeling bad or feeling sorry for yourself, like before you were allowed to be back in God's presence again, like just sort of like that mindset. Do, do you remember, like, could you point to a time or maybe it was even uh, like for me, it was kind of progressive, but I do have specific moments that I can kind of pinpoint to where God started to, or, or, you know, God was like working on my heart and shifting my, my perspective on that. Is there anything like a time in your life or an experience that you had or something where you could point to, God sort of um, getting, helping you get past that and getting to the point where it was more relational and more based on his grace and less on your works. Um, I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like high school was probably like the most constant battle of that, where that was, it felt like the most on the surface. Um, and I know that like between you and between you and me, like, our college experiences were were maybe different than most in the sense that we attended a, a Christian institution and that was really helpful in getting and even having professors like to really kind of help with proper perspective but but youth pastors did that as well and um and it was always like it was always like I could look back and I can't say that I necessarily remember any particular sermon from a lead pastor or a youth pastor that, that like really, really stands out. Um, but I do remember like certain experiences with God and the Holy spirit, but I also know that God was using those things on a, on a weekly basis. And so like, it was what I needed for that moment. It may not have been a milestone that I remember forever, but it was like, he's going to continue to, to speak through his word and speak through pastors for whatever I needed in that moment. Um, but to your question, like, I don't, I don't know that there was like a specific, teaching or something that I can think back as a milestone that like, oh, it, it finally clicked. Um, but I think it was more of a, a progressive thing. Like I do, I do remember an encounter with God um, in youth group and just feeling like really bad for myself. You know what I mean? Like really feeling bad mm -hmm. about myself and like feeling sorry for myself uh, and just f dealing with the same struggle like over and over and over again and just feeling so frustrated by it but also feeling the Holy spirit, like challenge me that, that like, it's like, you're, you're trying to do it in your own strength. Like, like victory isn't going to happen because you need to try harder. And that's what, even though <laughs> I didn't tell myself I needed to try harder, like that was the subtext in my own head is that like, I need to keep, I need to, I need to be better. I need to do better. Um, and I wanted to for God and I wanted to for myself um, and, and be better in that way. But too many times it was trying to be doing it in my own strength. And, and I think it was around that time. And I was probably like, I don't know, 17 or something, but maybe 16 
but just having that idea of like when you when you squeeze real hard and your knuckles turn white you know what i mean because like, yeah so that's a, that phrase like white knuckling it like you're trying to you're trying to white knuckle something you're trying to force it you're trying to do it in your own strength like that when the knuckles turn white that means you're you're really trying and for whatever reason i tie that phrase in my head back to that moment where man i'm just i i have been trying to white knuckle it this whole time and doing it in my own strength and and just not relying on him but also i also tie it to that memory um and i don't know if this is when it's from but my brain has just tied it there uh yeah this the idea of of guilt and shame uh and condemnation versus conviction uh and that the holy spirit and jesus said like i didn't i didn't bring the i didn't come to bring condemnation like he was he's coming to bring conviction that the Holy spirit brings conviction and, and is drawing us upward. He's drawing us to something better. He's drawing us to, to God and to godliness. Um, but when we fall short, the enemy does a good job of the enemy does a good job of holding us down with guilt and with shame. Uh, and so it feels like once we stumble and fall short, uh, the enemy will kind of put his his foot on our throat on the back of our neck, yeah. whatever you want to say, and be like, and just kind of remind you how weak you are, how much you you're a screw up, and he's good at that. And if we're not careful, we can be good at at staying there and staying stuck down and kind of wallowing for a little while, or feeling like we've got to work our way back up. Um, and so, and all of that comes back to trying to do things in our own strength, and that the amazing availability of grace and mercy lets us know that like when we fall short we don't have to like well i should stay down and feel sorry for long enough yeah but no you mm -hmm. can pop right back up and keep going and yeah. his grace makes that available um and there was a verse that this might have been high school it might have been college and and i probably should have it memorized by now but i always paraphrase it uh, but the gist of it it's in psalm it's or probably yeah exactly i don't know if it's a psalm or a problem uh, <laughs> It's one of those things that are saying like, like the righteous fall seven times, mm -hmm. uh, but get back up essentially that like, like fools, like the unrighteous, like the wicked, like they'll, like they'll stumble, they'll stay down is the idea, but, but we're righteous, not because we never fall. Like we're righteous yes. because we keep getting back up in his grace and in his strength. Um, and so that was one of those things that helped me to know that like, man, it's, it's his righteousness, not mine. And, and mm -hmm. that makes it possible for me to just get right back and keep going. And uh, I think that's the amazing part of just of grace and mercy and him being our high priest that can sympathize, that can empathize with us. Like he knows the feel he's felt it stronger. Um, wow. So he understands that like, okay, I can see how you fell there, <laughs> but let me, let me get you back up and going again. Like, let's get back to it. Um, because I don't, we don't earn any points with him by how long do we, how long do we have to sit in sackcloth and ashes? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or is it more like how quickly can we rebound and can, can keep going and following him? So not to say we shouldn't feel bad and feel conviction, but the, the fleshly side of things, the religious side of things tells us that we should, we should stay there, stay in that moment, stay in that spot. Yeah. I mean, there's godly sorrow, right? Um, that leads to repentance, but it, but it's like, yeah, that when you, when you feel sorry or you feel bad in, in your flesh, then that's where it's just like, it's, it's legitimately wasted time because of Jesus already paid for it. 
right. you know like like he already took he he took your punishment like he he took our punishment upon himself so like me sitting in the corner in a pity party beating myself up for something that i did wrong is not accomplishing anything i I think like you said you related it to self-centeredness and pride it's something that i do out of pride thinking that i can somehow pay for my sin on my own Hmm. and uh it's like when we when we come to that that realization that revelation um of the fact that like that's not necessary anymore because he already did it like he took care of it um, and not just in like some, yeah. you know, like like head knowledge kind of a way. It, it takes a while, I think, sometimes for this stuff to move from our head into our heart where it's actually like rooted within us to where, you know, when we mess up, when we fall down, when we do something, um, even if it's not even talking about sin, but just like, um, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't respond the best way in that situation or I tried to go after this project and I failed. And, you know, the things that we can like beat ourselves up for, like just realize it's not like it's it, none, none of that is necessary because Jesus already took the weight of all of that upon himself. And like, yeah. there's no reason, there's no reason for God to punish us. I feel like because Jesus was punished for us. Like he took the punishment that I deserve, right. not just for the stuff that I did before I knew him, but for, for all of it. Right. And um, so, yeah, I just, I just think that so often we can get so like, self-focused and sin-focused and you know just like conscious of these other things that are going on and if and if we could just learn to be more you know focused on him on his finished works and what he's accomplished on his grace and as you said i mean there's good balance there like it's not it's not to say that oh well just don't even worry about it don't even think about it just do bad stuff like obviously not like that's that's just you know cheapening what grace is because yeah the, the more you focus, here's the thing, what I, what I've, what I discovered throughout like my teenage years and then even like into my twenties and stuff like that, um, living under like that weight of guilt. So like I would do something, you know, wrong as a, as a teenager or whatever. And then I would feel bad for it. Like, and I would, um, I just lived under like constant, it felt like guilt and condemnation, um, you know, throughout my teenage years. For, for just stupid stuff for, for, for sin, for mistakes. But like, yeah. I, but I would, I would like a lot, like I would, I would beat myself up a lot and I would always feel like God was mad at me. God was angry at me. God, you know, was turning his back on me when I messed up. And like, I would never, th- that's the stupid thing is like, I would never say that to somebody else. Like I would let, I would want other people to feel like, no, God's gracious and he's merciful. Like, but for myself, I always felt like there was this this standard that I had to live up to based on my efforts and on my strength. And, um, it's just so it, it's just, it's just sick. And and what I discovered is that it doesn't, doesn't actually help you do, do better. It doesn't help you do right. right. Like focusing on, on, Oh man, I really screwed up and I don't ever want to do that again. I feel so bad. I'm such a bad person. Like that doesn't actually help you not do it again. It actually perpetuates it further in most cases because you're still focused on the yeah. thing. Yeah. So in my mind, it, it became this thing that I noticed after a while. It was like, well, if I'm going to feel bad anyway, I might as well keep doing it. Like, because it felt hopeless. And, and anytime yeah. you feel yeah, hopeless, feel. you're not, you're not going to walk in freedom. And uh, so that's why, like, if we yeah. could just keep our eyes on him, and how good he is and how faithful he is. And the fact that all this has already been accomplished for us, I think that right there lends itself to just freedom, being free 
Yeah, for sure. And that's good. And I, cause I think that, um, that reminded me, it was probably, I think at that point, like college, but that that was a mindset that I would try to, cause like working with teenagers, um, you stay very, probably uncomfortably connected to your own teenage years, <laughs> uh, because you, you pull back, uh, definitely for, yeah. like for empathy sake, like you pull back and you draw from those memories and, uh, not to say that, that my experiences or their experiences were the same as mine or anything, but, but in the same way, there's nothing new under the sun and some struggles are, are, are very closely related. Um, and I just remember feeling like everything that happened in high school felt like the biggest deal in the world. Like that if something, if something was good happening or bad happening, like you, like it just felt like such a big deal. And then you, I remember like, literally the month after high school <laughs> or like very shortly after that thinking like oh man like none of that that stuff was silly like none of that really mattered none of that is even affecting my life really any wow. anymore like but it was such a big deal back then um and part of that has to do with stage of life and like like literal like brain development like cognitive development of of a teenage mind and stuff but but i don't think it's really all that different than people now is that when when the moment when you're stuck in the moment that you're in and all you see is what you like feel like is right in front of you it can be overwhelming it can feel like that's all there is and whether that's a negative thing and it feels like it's blinding or 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 it's a or it's a positive thing and it just becomes self-centered like whatever's right yeah. in front of me is the biggest deal in the world um and so that doesn't really necessarily change so much but what i remember and i don't know if it was a god thing for something i can't tie this to a specific moment but I remember feeling like, all right, God, like you're calling us to, to love you and to love others, uh, to love you with every part of me and to love others as much as myself. Um, but if I'm always focused on myself and my needs and my sin and my failings and my striving and all that other stuff, I'm not really focused on you and I'm definitely not focused on others because when I'm not doing well spiritually, one of the first things that goes out the door is care for other people is like, actually, come on, like, yes. love. but, uh, but I know this for me, like, man, God, like if I can, if you, if <laughs> I need help, God, focusing on you, focusing on others. And if I, and if I can make my effort towards that, uh, I, I know that, I don't have to focus on myself anymore. I don't have to focus on my junk or my worries and struggles. And if my job is to focus on you and others, then I can trust that you're sovereign enough to take care of all the stuff. If I can focus, like you said before, like if I can focus on what God does want in my life and focus on him and time with him, I don't have to fixate on my sin and my struggles because it'll be a self-fulfilling situation where you're always focusing on the same sin. That's what's in front of you. So you're going to keep going there. But if my focus is on, on him and spending time with him knowing that he his spirit's going to be the one to produce fruit and righteousness not me yeah. trying to produce righteousness while also trying to pursue him i just need to pursue him and his spirit in me will produce righteousness and so i just that was something that i was challenged by but also pass along to the teens all the time when i'm like it's it's so easy to be self-centered it's so easy to be self-centered and when i and when you really think about sin sin is really it's selfishness like it's it's an absence of god that we replace with our, ourselves and so 
I'm being selfish when I'm do when I'm sinning. It's because I'm, I want what I want. I'm focusing on on my own ability to produce and 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 control things, and that selfishness gets in the way of godliness. But if I can focus on God and Him, He's going to help me not be so selfish. And if I'm focusing on others, and other people are focusing on others, then like He's going to use other people to meet the needs in my life, and His Spirit is going to help me produce fruit in my life. And so it's if I can get outside of that like narrow view and like in front of my face of, of me and my struggles, uh, he's really good at taking care of those same things that we yeah. figure out ourselves. But I, I love that you, uh, you just called sin, like how you, how you called it selfishness. The thing is like being saved by grace takes away our, our ability to blame it on the devil <laughs> like like so as awesome as it is to be saved by grace and i mean i wouldn't want any other way of life for sure but like the fact that we're saved by grace means that like we don't have a sinful nature to blame uh all of our sinful stuff on anymore like we do it out of a false understanding of our identity we do it out of selfishness we do it out of you know, I mean, Paul says, reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God. In other words, consider yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Yeah. So like, you know, what, what is your, what is our consideration that's going on in our mind when it comes to sin or, or when it comes to righteousness, when it comes to walking rightly before the Lord? You know, are we considering that it's all on ourselves and in our own strength and, you know, whatever. And uh, and and I think that our you know, our focus can be off so many times, but like, I know that, you know, the whole, like the devil made me do it like the, this, that, like that, that kind of mentality, like, like, okay. But as a child of God, you know, as one who you have a new nature in Christ Jesus, mm -hmm. you know, your old nature was crucified with Christ and you're alive in him. So it's like, that's amazing. That's the best thing in the world, but it also takes away our excuses of being able to, you know, to say, um, well, sin is just like, part of who I am. And it's like, well, actually it's not anymore. Like it's actually yeah. not. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. you know, you might have a sin struggle, you might have an addiction, you might have, you know, different issues and challenges in your life, but, um, like it's not, that's not who you are. Like that's not your identity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just, uh, I think like, that's why I really liked what you said, just kind of like the way you called it selfishness, kind of like, I think it's important to put these things in their right in their right place um, because it's not helpful to sweep things under the rug. It's not helpful to pretend that like we're, we're just stuck or, or, you know, and you might feel stuck in something. I'm not saying that, you know, if you if you've got a challenge, if you've got some kind of reoccurring like sin habit or, you know, some kind of an addiction in your life, um, you know, I'm not belittling the challenge that it can be to be free from that. Yeah. All I'm saying is like that's not something that defines you. And you don't have to live under condemnation because of it, because ultimately the condemnation is not going to help you get free of it. And so right. I think right. overall, and sometimes there are things that we've got to do, you know, sometimes there are definite practical things that will help us as far as, you know, maybe removing something from your life for a season, maybe going to see a counselor, maybe just having regular conversations with your spouse or with a friend or something like that. Like, like take yeah. those practical steps to get rid of things. But I think like just, on a foundational level, the, the thing that you focus on becomes really, really important. So um, focusing on the fact that you are free, like yeah. I, I get that you might feel like you're 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 stuck in something right now, 
but you are actually free because of what Jesus did for you. And so on a foundational level, on an identity level, um, he set you free from that. And so mm -hmm. sort of like freeing yourself up in your mind, I think, helps you to ultimately, you know, live in that experiential, you know, freedom of being able to get beyond, you know, certain struggles and challenges yeah. that you might be facing. Yeah, for sure. Because we always want to, we always want to scapegoat. We always want to pass the buck. You know what I mean? And the Bible talks about like the enemy plays off your own, your own desires, like your own yeah. things or, what, or yeah. what's dragging you away. Um, and, but when we look at sin, as like a thing, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's sin. Like it's a thing. It's a specific action. Um, no, it's, it's really more about like more or less of God. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, I'm how, how much control am I giving? It's, it's that flesh versus the spirit. It's the, it's the old man. It's the old me versus who I am in Jesus being a new creation. Mm, yeah. Am I, gonna, am I living according to the, to the old way or am I living according to towards the new creation way? And, and so many times uh, it's, it's, it's just that that flesh and that and that spirit but when we when we try to say it's the devil or or whatever or temptation is real um sure and 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 sin is is real but obviously but but sin so many times when you make it like an object or specific action like um i remember one time i don't know if it was a devotion i read one time but uh or if it was something that 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 god just kind of helped me see in a way that i needed to see it um, was realizing that like, okay, temptation or like the urges or the desires in my flesh, whether it, whether it be an emotion, whether it be like physical, mental, whatever, yeah. that, that we have these things, we have these feelings and it's like the, the, the flesh wanting, wanting its way. And instead of interpreting it through the lens of like, oh, this is a difficulty I have to manage. Um, God was sort of helping me see that like when the flesh is starting to act out, instead of something to to battle or, or to or to try to control or, or white knuckle or whatever um he helped me realize that like if i can if i can view those feelings or those thoughts those patterns that we know if you really look at yourself and you start to understand that some of the patterns that we find ourselves in um and like the the chain of events that lead us from from point a to point b that sin it like didn't catch us by surprise like we got to a point right. where like there's always something that it's it's rare. It's kind of like when you when you're hungry or when you're tired. It's no surprise that you're a jerk to people. You know what I mean? That you know that there's circumstances <laughs> in which you don't you don't you're not your best self. Um, For sure. And so similarly, like if I'm if I'm finding myself in a situation where I'm like, oh yeah, this is these are the moments where I usually find myself going down that road. Um, instead of seeing it as a foregone conclusion that like, all right, here we go. Like I'm going to need to repent later. It's more like as those <laughs> things like rise up, God was helping me to see it as like, these are, are these are like, like flesh and spirit, like pangs. Like if I feel this in the flesh, like instead of like, I got to control that is interpreting it as like, I need time with Jesus. Like if I'm, I'm feeling that, that thing, like I need to, I need to spend time with Jesus, like pursuing yeah. as like, a lack in the spirit, a, a lack in, in his, in his presence and his goodness. And that like, man, I feel the strength of this temptation. Or I feel the strength of, of this difficulty or, or the, or the wrongness of this mindset or attitude that instead of just have being in that, 
like somewhere spiritually uh, a red light is going off a, a, a alarm is sounding that it's just like mm, like you're you're operating in the flesh and not the spirit and learning to read that as i need i need time with jesus um if i'm dealing with this struggle if i'm dealing with this attitude or this wrong mindset um i can pretty much automatically assume that i'm not having the intimacy with jesus that i need to be having um, because wow. that's the source, like that's what we, what we, where we need to be. Um, and I actually, I can think back to a specific moment of us being probably teens. I think we might've been, it was a, a Sunday night thing that instead of, instead of Sunday school, we had school of the Bible, um, yes. on Sunday nights. And it was, so it was a class. And I remember a specific moment where Like I wasn't in a good spot spiritually or I was act I was acting in my flesh. And I remember being in that class or whatever. And I wasn't like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think I was being or acting anything different, but there was a friend and she was just like, what, like, what's different? Like, how come, like, what's, what's up today? Like, why are you being different? And I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, like I clearly did something selfish or stupid. And now I'm like in that mindset or in that, in that state, I guess. And I'm like, man, like if someone else can pick up on it, you know what I mean? Like that was sort right, of scary yeah. that I'm like, oh man, like there, it's really a mindset that we, that we can potentially let ourselves stay in or be stuck in. Um, yeah, man. That you have to break out of sometimes. Uh, and that happens, I think by feeding, feeding the spirit, like I'm feeling this in the flesh, man, I need to, I need to feed my spirit. Cause yeah, one of those is going to win out and I'd rather the alarm bells go off earlier rather than, than later. And, and I think that's why, too, it's so important to have people around you that can be honest with you and, and that are that are helping you grow, that are part of it. You know, like you mentioned before, I loved your perspective on on discipleship where you said it's basically us like sort of in community, like just helping each other become more like Jesus. So, I mean, I've had people, um, leaders in my life um, very recently, <laughs> like call me out uh, for things like like, hey, the way you said that or the way you just the way you responded like you stepped outside of your character and and the, and it'll kind of be like you know like is everything okay and um you know what i mean I, I think that having having that in your life with with people that can sort of you know that that have that access to your life to sort of call you out on things that you might not even be aware of because yeah it's interesting like on a positional level i would say we're not you know, our sin, I don't believe that our sin and like stuff like that, I don't believe that it separates us from God mm -hmm. in terms of like our position, in terms of I, I don't believe the Holy Spirit's leaving you because you did something wrong or, you know, something like that. But in terms of like our sensitivity to God and the experience of relationship, obviously, like I'm no less married to my wife because I was away from her for a week on vacation or, you know, not on vacation. If I was on vacation, I'd be with her. But I mean, if I'm like out on like a ministry trip or something like that for several days, uh, I'm no less married to her because we're not in close proximity, but I might, but I'm going to start to feel that sort of like disconnect as far as like, Oh, I miss you. Like, I, I you know, I'm not spending that time with you. Right. So I think on the same way, like with God, you know, we're no less one with him because we're not spending as much time with him as we probably should be. Mm -hmm. But experientially, yeah, like we're becoming probably desensitized 
And yeah. then I think that the the longer, the more time that we spend away from the source, the more we can start to like let some of those things slip where like yeah. normally, like I would notice that I would notice if I responded to that person in the wrong way. Like I would notice mm -hmm. if, uh, I don't know, like if I let my eyes linger longer than I should have on yeah. that, you know, commercial that came up on the screen or, right. you know what I mean? Like whatever it was like, yeah. like where in this moment, um, nor like normally I, I would respond this way, but you know, because it just seems like there's some kind of a, you know, disconnect or disjointedness, or I'm feeling somewhat just, um, I'm feeling, I'm not saying I am positionally, but I'm feeling somewhat distant from God because I haven't been drawing near to him right. as much as I normally do or as much as I should, you know, yeah. we can start to allow things to slip in that way. And, uh, and I think it's important to have like, um, you know, of course it's important to be able to recognize that yourself, but, but it's important to have those people in your life that can kind of point out to you blind spots that you don't necessarily, you know, see on your own. Right. Because like, yeah, because we're no less his son or daughter, mm -hmm. but the the intimacy level you know what i mean or if we're, yeah, we're operating sure. more selfishly like i might be willfully ignorant to or or disobedient or whatever um and so his his conviction or encouragement might be there but if you don't in your flesh want to hear it um that's that's a very real thing and then obviously whenever there's like sin or whatever else like yeah positionally and who we are in him doesn't change but that his amazing grace doesn't necessarily uh, exempt us from consequences and things like that. And so some of the consequences for our, for our actions, while there may be grace for them, yeah. may be like, man, like I haven't, I haven't been intentional about the time with, with him. Or like you said, your example with your spouse, like you could be around each other all the time, but if it's not, if there's not the quality time, uh, that definitely will, will have its, will have its impact. And the, your, to your point, having other people in our lives, like sometimes they're blind spots for sure. Mm. Um, and yeah. then other times they're, they're where they're ignored. They're like, well, I'm not blind to this. I just don't want to deal with this. <laughs> yeah. um, and so <laughs> for sure. the Holy Spirit is, is dealing with me on that. But sometimes having somebody else to help us do that or see that is the uh is another outside like catalyst or influence that we need to to get going in the right in the right direction and whatever it is that we might be but just the the community element of of discipleship is huge and uh when we're called to intimacy with him we're called to when we pray to to, to be we have to call to have our alone time with god and that's where our intimacy comes from for sure and and our relationship but discipleship wise I think we're continually called to do that in community and uh and those there's so much overlap there it's crazy it's it's interesting how time with jesus uh, as and, and specifically quality time with jesus is like almost always the answer <laughs> so like so if, if there's an issue in in our lives i mean whatever like if we have an issue in relationships if we have an issue with the way we're treating people we have an issue of fear we have an issue of sin we have an issue you know whatever it is like generally speaking we can solve a lot of it <laughs> like we can solve almost all of our problems by being with him 
you know, by just being yeah. with him, by being in his word, by spending time with him. But here, the thing is, like, not in a religious way, though, not in a way where it's just like, um, you know, like, because I think that we can have a, a, a mindset that's very self-focused, even in our approach to God. And then you become like a Pharisee. You know what I mean? Like yeah. um, you you can you can uh, be sort of doing the right activities, so to speak, but from a wrong motivation and still mm -hmm. miss out and not experience the life. Because if you're reading your Bible and you're praying, but it's not really leading you into an encounter with Jesus himself, like yeah. you're probably getting puffed up by knowledge, but not necessarily growing in your relationship. And as you said, intimacy with God. But, you know, very, very often, I mean, not, not always. There's times where obviously you've got to deal with people. You've got to deal with specific issues. But I'm just saying, like, we could solve probably a lot of the problems in our life by just like being with him and having yeah. quality fellowship with God because he makes things clear to us. Like, mm -hmm. and, and if you've been, if you've been like in God's presence and then all of a sudden you get some bad news, you're probably going to respond in a much more clear headed way than you would if you, you know, just haven't been close to, to the source of life. You know what I mean? Yeah, for yeah, because that's that's life by the spirit can't be lived out effectively apart from the spirit. So like if we're not connected with him. And so even even the idea of community and things like that, I know that I'm more naturally introverted. I know I'm I'm more naturally I more nat in my flesh more naturally tend to to deal with things or or do things in my in my own way or or my own preference or whatever, but even community itself, like the the irony is like man i need community to, to to live out the right with him but even yeah. my desire for community will will fade quickly if i'm not spending time with god because i i i'm going back towards my flesh and not the spirit where like i know what's good for me i know what's better um and but even being in right relationship and community or the way that we serve or, or being others focused or whatever uh that's one of the overflows of of time with him also, at least in my experience. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's speaking as an introvert, but like, but it's like, man, even, even that part, like others, I do need others, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to gravitate towards no, like uh, towards others when I'm not where I need to be. Like you said, with him, not spending like he's, he really time with him really is like that, that game changer that, that, that sets kind of the pace and the tone for everything else we need to be doing. Everything else will suffer. Everything else will, will be shifted or have the wrong perspective. Um, and we start thinking selfishly again through a selfish lens. Um, and like you said, with a, with like a, even like a Pharisee mindset, like there's, it's not an equation. Like it's not, it's not like a, this obligatory thing. Well, I did this, I did this, I did this. So that should automatically equal godly favor or, or success or whatever else. Um, and like, that's not, it's not really how that, how that works. Um, it's, it's, it really comes down to our heart. He looks at the heart and when I spend time with him, am I letting him actually examine my heart or am I just doing the, the religious actions of a disciple mm. without the heart of a disciple? Um, and that, mm. that never will usually work out so well, at least. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> it's uh you know like like if uh 
if I want to lose weight, like the answer, the answer is clear. Like the answer has always been clear. The answer is, is like, like eat, eat good. Like, you know what I mean? Like eat right and exercise. It's like, right. Burn more calories than you take in. Okay. Like that's, that's the answer. But, um, but there's all these other things that we can do around that. Like we can, we can sign up for classes. We can buy books. We can, you know, do all these different things to try to like find a quicker method to do it. Where like really, you know, those things should be the, the supplement, so to speak, to the, to the actual meal. You know what I mean? Like those things should be, um, if you want to use those things, you don't even need those things if you don't want to, cause you can eat right and you can exercise without anything. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like without any of that extra stuff, if you want to use that stuff to help you, you know, help your mindset or, you know, whatever it is that you need, like, like that's great. But yeah, I think so often we take the main issue and we try to make it a peripheral issue because we want to focus on other things yeah. and it just doesn't work. And, and I heard, um, I heard, a, a I was listening to a, a sermon one time and the, the pastor said something like this. And I think we probably have to use some balance with this statement, but, but it was um, something that stuck with me that's been helpful for me in terms of my mindset. He said, um, just have a big, like if you have a big yes for Jesus, then you don't need all these extra like no's. So like, you know, a lot of times we think of like our pursuit of God or the Christian life as all the things we have to say no to. Like, um, no, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. I can't right. do that. I can't, definitely can't do that because I'm a Christian. Like we think about it like that. Yeah. And then it it can start to feel like work. Right. Yeah. But what he was yeah. getting at was if if my yes, I have a big yes for Jesus. So he so this is the example that he gave. He said, I don't have to wake up every morning and decide not to cheat on my wife today because I'm getting up this morning and I'm saying yes to Jesus. Yeah. And then so not cheating on my on my wife, <laughs> being faithful to my wife is a natural outflow of me saying right. yes to Jesus. You know what I mean? And so, again, I do say like some balance because sometimes, you know, maybe you've got a really pressing issue in your life already that, you know, maybe you need to put a little bit of attention on. Um, yeah. But but I do think overall that that's really sound wisdom as far as like, um, you know, I'm going to say yes to you today and I'm going to keep my focus, my eyes on you, not on these other things. And I'm going to rely on, you know, your grace and your wisdom and your direction and your voice to help me, you know, to deal with these challenges and things like that, that I'm facing. But I thought that was really cool. And it's just sort of a keeping first things first sort of perspective that I think is really helpful. Yeah. And I remember going back to being teenagers again. uh, I remember three specific times that didn't happen in like close succession, but happened close enough that I think I was later in high school. And then I think late in high school again, and then at some point in college. And it was, uh, it was a big youth event with a ton of other teenagers and there was altar time and, and God is moving and there's all, but there's also the emotion of it and, and all, all of the big stuff of, of a moment like that. And just feeling like frustrated and, and kind of crying out to God and like wanting to hear, wanting to hear from him. Yeah. Uh, and, and having somebody come up and like pray for me and feeling like God put something on their heart to share with me. And I'm like, yes, like this is, this is the moment. This is like the, the key to unlock my, my issue, my struggles, like, and get direction and, and all of the things that I'm looking for right now. And, uh, <laughs> and she basically she basically says like god wants you to pray and read your bible 
Um, <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude. Like, what is that? Like, no, like, obviously, um, that's the thing you always get told to do at church. Pray and read your Bible. Yeah. Like, but it's it's so obvious and it can almost become cliche. And it's, it's so still familiar. the right answer. Yeah, it's still going to be the main thing because it's just kind of like you're doing and trying to figure out and strive and do all this stuff. But you haven't gotten, like you said, keeping the main thing, the main thing, like you haven't gotten the foundational stuff. You're not doing those foundational things. So why are you going to expect certain results without starting in the right way? Come on. And so I just remember like the first time that happened, I mean, like it was really dismissive because I was annoyed by it. I'm like, come on, God, like no crap. But the reality <laughs> is, is he was like, I'm going to tell you again and again, like it's, it's, it always is about time with me and you. And if you're not seeing certain things in your life, it's because if you're not seeing the fruit in your life that you would be hoping for, it's because you're not connected to the source that you should be connected to. Yeah, so you're not right. gonna bear fruit in season and out. You're not gonna when times get hard and the and the and the the heat and the sun do come, like if you're not connected deeply to those streams of living water in that life, then you're not gonna see. And so the prayer and read your Bible, as much as they're like obvious foundational discipline things. It's not about the do's of like the action, the specific, like I checked this off my list or that's what Christians do. It's like, no, those are like the two key parts of intimacy mm. with Jesus. And if you're not making those a focus or a priority, then really you're not making him a priority and you're not making the things of him a priority. So why would you get the results of that? Wow. Um, and so it happened again later. And then again, when I was in college, and by the third time, I was just like, all right, like certain things sometimes are, are borderline cliche for a reason. It's because they're important and that's why they get repeated. Come and on. Sometimes if you're if it's being repeated, uh, maybe it's because you haven't actually done it yet or you aren't doing it currently. Um, so sometimes we want this big spiritual breakthrough moment where you get all yes. the keys to unlock it and all the steps are laid out. And here's the, the one piece you've been missing. And he's like, no, the I'm the I'm the piece. <laughs> I'm always the the piece. And uh, and if you're not pursuing me, then yeah, that piece is going to be missing, and all the other stuff isn't going to make sense. The puzzle isn't isn't going to come mm. together. Uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna look right. Uh, and yeah, so that still applies. I might not have had an altar moment where someone has done that recently, but he still he mm -hmm. still does those to me recently. Where it's just like make sure you stay on these things because if you're not if you're thinking or feeling or or reverting back in, in certain ways or, or moving in, in the wrong direction. It's because uh, you're ex expecting to see godly results without sowing godly seed, <laughs> I guess. Come on. I guess is the yeah. way to say it. But, uh, but yeah, man. It's really and good. I, it applies back then and applies now. And so sometimes youth ministry uh, can be treated as like, oh, well, like when are you going to become like a real pastor someday? Um, and uh, and it's, it's whatever. Really yeah, right. It's it's really all the same because I remember being a new pastor and out being like 24 and having an older guy in the church and he was probably 10 years older than me, which that's me now. Um, so thinking that they're older, they've got it figured out. Um, they're like, he's like an actual man. Like I'm still a kid. Um, and then 10 years go by and I'm like, I'm, I still feel like the same person and, and the people older than me are the ones that are older and figure it out. And like, no one's ever got it, got it figured out. No one, there's not yes. an age to, to <clears throat> spiritual maturity. Um, 
And we a lot of times have to be reminded of the same lessons over and over again. That's why we can go to the church every Sunday and we could hear the same passage preached 20 times in our life, but get something out of it every time because we need those regular reminders. And uh, the whole New Testament, not, well, most of the New Testament is, is a bunch of that, is spiritual leaders reminding people of, man, what's, what's the right way? What's the right perspective? What is Jesus really about? Um, and so there's no age in which we'll figure it out. And so whether we're, whether we're our teenagers or working with teenagers or we're an adult or we're working with adults, whoever is around us is going through things spiritually that the same, the same truths apply in all ages and all levels. Um, it's just, we need certain reminders at certain times. And so, um, yeah, man, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. And so the lessons I learned as a teen, I was glad to have a relationship with God and, and learn some of those things back then. Uh, but it doesn't change the fact that I, I still need those reminders. Um, I'm glad I got it earlier than later in life, but I still need to be reminded of those same things because I haven't mastered any of it. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah, man, it's interesting. It's definitely, uh, an exercise in reliance and dependence on him rather than ourselves when we think we have certain things figured out, I guess. Yeah, that was really cool. The way you described that of like trying to reap something that you haven't sowed the seed for. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just think that that's, that's all of us. And I think that it's in so many areas. Um, I was, I was sort of teaching yesterday a little bit on finances and, uh, you know, just kind of talking about the mindset of, uh, well, God, you know, once, once things are better for me, you know, once things are better financially, or, you know, once I get that raise, or once I get this debt taken care of, once I get this done, then I'll start to give, you know, then I'll start to be more generous and, stuff like that. And, um, but like at the same time, sort of like the, the mindset of God, I want the blessing. How come you're not giving me blessing, but I'm not really, not that God can't bless me anyway, cause he's so good and he, and he can, he can do whatever he wants. But yeah. as far as me, like following the, the, the framework of what he's laid out to us, you know, in scripture, it's like, um, uh, what is the verse? He says, um, God gives seed to the sower. It doesn't say he gives seed so that you can become a sower. He says he gives seed to the sower. Hmm. And it's like, um, you know, so just, just for example, just like in maybe uh, maybe in principle, like um, I, I, I need to be a sower first. And, and like I need to I need to be a sower. I need to learn to sow. Um, may, and maybe it's not in like extra with extravagant wealth because I don't that's not where I'm at right now. But like. You know, just like, you know, maybe I don't have a ton of time. Maybe I don't have a ton of money. Maybe I don't have a ton of resources or a ton of, you know, whatever. But like, I just think making that shift in in the mind of like, okay, this is this is who you've created me to be because this is who you are. You are a generous God. You've been generous with me. So my response, again, coming to that that place of like everything that we do is responding to, to him. It's responding to his goodness. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I'm just learning to to respond maybe in simple ways, maybe in small ways, maybe in whatever, but it's demonstrating that faithfulness. It's demonstrating, you know, that. And so often I think we're looking, trying to put the cart before the horse, like looking right. for that thing yeah. to come our way. Um, and again, like, I don't want to box God in and say, he's not going to do that for you because you didn't do this. Like, no, I don't, I don't believe in that. But I, but I do think that 
you know, like some some people, a friend a friend of mine that was on the podcast a long time ago was like, um, you know, people will 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 uh, come to me like looking for a word, like they want a word, like I just need a word, I need a I need a prophetic word. I should be like, here you go, <laughs> like take <laughs> take the book. There's lots of yeah. words in here for you, right. and and not that yeah. not to belittle the not to belittle prophetic words because I think that they're important and and they're part of the way that God leads us. But like the point I'm trying to make is whatever you have right now is yeah. enough for the season that you're in yeah. instead of yeah. like, I mean, God is a God of abundance. So he wants to give you more than enough. But if like what you're looking at, you feel like I don't have enough. Like I can't be faithful to God because I don't have this much. I only have this much. Like that's the wrong mindset. The mindset is let me begin to respond to God with what I have, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's the way that like this whole principle of sowing and reaping faith works that way too. Cause Jesus yeah. said, you know, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this, you know, mulberry tree be pulled up by the roots and, and, and it'll obey you. All of that. It's like my, my faith seems really, really small or my what I have to offer seems really, really small or, you know, whatever it is. But OK, but if you just let it sit there, it's not just going to grow by itself. You've got to use it. You've got to sow yeah. it. You've got to put it into action so that God has something to like respond to, something to pour out on so that it can grow and, and become, you know, more and more abundant. You know what I mean? For sure. And uh, so often we're just waiting for the next thing. We're waiting for something external to come and to fix our problems. And, and I just think that so often God's like, I've given you what you need, yeah. you know, for, for this moment that you're in. You're just not responding to me. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And and I because like there's that sometimes it's it's not like, OK, this is a specific verse where it says this. But so many times we see principles uh in scripture and so like what well, you're i totally agree with what you're saying so you see like the like the parable of the talents you know what i mean like like yeah i can be fearful and i can just bury this thing for uh, sure or i can submit it to him and it's and a big part of it is like am i submitting to him what i whatever i do have um the loaves and the fishes like a, a boy with a with a brown bag lunch could have been like man sucks for all those people at least my mom gave me lunch and <laughs> so i can eat um, if I had more, I'd give it, but this is what I need for today. Or is it like, well, whatever I do have, I can give it to Jesus knowing that he can do amazing stuff with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like Moses, when God was, was calling him, he's like, what's, what's in your hand? What's like, what do you have right now? Like what's in your hand? Like it's what's in your hand. Isn't there by accident, like position, like where you're at in life. Uh, the season you're in in life, like the, whatever job you're doing, whatever relationships and the people you're around, the season that you're in, like whether it's a mountaintop or a valley or anywhere in between, like those are the cards you're dealt currently. Like what's in your what's in your hand for him? It was a staff. And God's like, well, then let me use that. Um, and wow. we always have the flesh in the mix where it's like, but God, I'm not a good this or I'm not a speaker or I'm not like them and our compromise. You know what I mean? He was like, give me, give me like, give me someone to help me talk or. Or like, Duke, come sit with me in that second round. Dude, I was thinking row. the exact same thing. <laughs> I was literally thinking about that when you were telling the story at the beginning of yeah. that. I was thinking of Moses and Aaron. That's funny. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, but it's yeah the same idea. And like, he's gracious enough to work within our, is. our, our situational and our modified obedience. But but it's <laughs> it's those are the things that, that'll... Uh, like it's the submittedness part of it and either I'm submitting whatever I have to him and trusting him or I'm not submitting it because I feel like I need to have a level of control here. Like I need to make sure that I have enough or I need to make sure that I have the resources or uh, 
the the mentality or the emotional whatever um uh and or the strength or whatever it might be and so it's like man if I, whatever i do have it's a matter of of submittedness and again to your point earlier like the answer really does always come back to time with him and and going to him because it's easier for me to not be submitted to him when i don't even approach him you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um, man like if i'm not spending time in like like at the throne you know what i mean then i'm not going to take the knee <laughs> like i'm not going to bow um <laughs> if i don't have to well, i don't let myself have to go before him um well so the submittedness part of it is is huge and whether it's finances whether it's our job situation whether it's uh the opportunities that we may view as struggles the opportunities that we may view um as as obstacles, um, all of that stuff, if submitted to him, affects our mentality. Uh, it doesn't change his ability. It just uh, that's it right just affects our our mentality and the fact that are we going to let him into those things, into those moments? Because you're to your point exactly. Like I can, I can submit this to him, or or I can say, well, when I when I get in this position, then I can then I can submit it, or then I can. Uh, well then I can do it. So it's almost, it's almost like if I believe you, if I trust you, if I, if I believe that you're actually in control, if I actually believe you're sovereign, if I actually believe you provide, then I don't feel like I have to hold on to whatever resources I do have emotionally, physically, financially, whatever. Like if I can release those things, then it's worship to you. <laughs> it's, it's poured out at your feet. You can do whatever. And and then okay i can trust you with the small things the small things that you felt like you had to hoard now when you've let go of i can use and and bless and then give you more whatever it might be and that's not a prosperity thing that's um that's that's a, his goodness and abundance and provision thing and too many times i've been convicted where it's like man like why why would god bless me with more in this area of life when I haven't stewarded the amount he's given me so far. <laughs> Whoa. So, so that's, uh, those are always convicting moments. I think. Come on, man. Yeah. 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 That stewardship thing is so huge. Um, I, it's everything, right? It relates to every area of our life. Definitely not just finances. It's like the way yeah. that we steward his blessing in general, the way that we steward our time with him, the way that we steward our time with family, the way that we steward like our assignment and, yeah. you know, the, our, your job, like, like everything, you know, like, right. like some, some, you know, sometimes we can get like so super spiritual that like, you know, we won't be giving our best effort on our job because, you know, we're focused on something else because we think right. it's more important. And, right. and, uh, and, and we think that even if, even, even like in spiritual stuff, even like, whatever i mean i i don't know i could think of some examples like um like using your your boss's time like using the time where you're supposed to be doing your job to like evangelize to people or, or to be like reading your bible or like you know whatever and, and like there's like a, a spin that we could put on it yeah. and say like uh uh now i'm not talking about taking two minutes to like you know talk to i'm not talking about that i'm just talking about like there there are things that we could do where you know we're we, we would think that because they're spiritual you know, quote unquote spiritual that they're up on like another level. And so God's going to honor that. He, he honors us when we steward well the things that he's given to us. And, uh, yeah. and, and sometimes his ideas about the way that things work and, and what's actually important are different than, um, 
than our own now like I'm, I'm not saying that he wouldn't want you to evangelize to someone if you have an opportunity to do that but like um i don't know I, ju I just think that there's stuff that we do where we super spiritualize things and it ends up causing us to not take care of the things that he's actually put in our in our lives for our increase yeah. and you know sometimes there's things that god will place in your life i don't want to get into the weeds on this sometimes there are things that god will place in your life just because he wants to see how you're going to handle it, how you're going to take care of it. I think that sometimes God will, you know, like, like, let's just say, because it's happened to me <laughs> in different areas of my life, where like, I'm looking for, I'm looking for that promotion, for example, I'm looking for that promotion. And God promised it to me, or, or whatever. And then he, someone else gets it, right? Like so, some, okay. someone else has the opportunity to get promoted before me. And I can look at them and I can be like, like complain. Like, why did they get that? They shouldn't have got that. I'm better than them. I've been here longer. I'm a better worker. I'm whatever. Right. Why did right. they get that house? And like, I'm still struggling to get a loan from the bank. How come they got a new car and I could barely handle the car that I have now? Like, you know, I mean, things like that, where I just think that so often God will allow healthy irritation in our lives mm -hmm. to see how we're going to respond. There, yeah. There's a scripture and I can't think of the reference right now, but it's like, um, if you can't even like steward well what belongs to another you know what oh, makes yeah. you think that you'll that you'll take care of it that was a butchered for no, sure total paraphrase yeah. but you get what i'm saying yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it's like so often, i i think that we'll have these opportunities where we could either like curse somebody because they got something we wanted or we can celebrate with them and we can have more of a kingdom attitude and response to it that i think just positions us to be able to handle the blessing of it on our own. You know what I mean? And so I, yeah. I think that like, yeah, like you said, I think that that's an, that's a, that's a big deal. That, that question of like, why, why would God give me something more when I'm not even, I haven't even learned how to take care of what he's given me now. Like, yeah. Cause what am I going to do? I'm just going to run it into the ground. Like if, <laughs> if yeah. I can't handle $50, yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do with $5,000? If I can't handle, you know, right. a beater car or even just like relationships or opportunity or whatever That's else, good. leader leadership, like, like if you're, if you haven't been relying on me to go through those areas, like, then why would you expect that promotion for example like or why yeah um and but even to your point like there's even times where like god might say that that something's going to be yours but when it's not in our in our version of timing or we or we see a setback or whatever else um if we don't see the when when the answer to that promise isn't happening in our timeline or something happens that would make us think that well maybe that promise isn't good anymore um, I don't think the promise ha has changed. It's just the circumstances, like it, it just hasn't come in fullness yet. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you see, when you see Abraham, you know what I mean? Like sometimes if things don't happen in our own timing or way, it's like, well, maybe I need, maybe God needs my help on this. You know what I mean? Maybe, For sure. Maybe I need to do this or do that. Um, and I've been in situations where like, man, I feel like God, you're leading me in this direction or you're leading us. You're like, you're, like this seemed like the thing and then all of a sudden it's not and then it's just like well did you give up on it and and i completely question everything where he was just like well wow. no, it was just like it was just this like i this got you going in the in the right direction but then well wow. you didn't you weren't able to see that it was actually this because it wasn't time for you to see that yet you weren't ready to see that yet 
it might have been bad for you to see that thing because you might have like frozen or just ran from it. Um, but it was like, sure. I got you here. And then the left turn made me think, oh, well, then maybe it's not that anymore. And it was like, well, it was a left to be able to then go right uh, that I just didn't see. <laughs> um, and without that, that submittedness to him, without that reliance on him, without that time with him, like that it could, we could literally just fall apart and be like, well, now I don't get it. Now I'm frustrated. And, um, wow and all that stuff and yeah man it's 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 not easy none of it none of it is and being on the this side of leadership like yourself and my and and me like being pastors one of the things that is my least favorite part of being a pastor is uh is when some when people just kind of assume that you've got certain things all figured out and worked out like oh well you're like i'm i'm really not anything different or special like god might have me called to do something specific that i think is meaningful and special um but uh it's not like we're cut from a completely different cloth and this is just easier for us um it's just yeah. like this is this is yeah. our assignment and that doesn't make me uh more suddenly more favored by god or, or whatever else at least in my opinion um and uh and the reality is like every every day is that choice like every day and sometimes we don't succeed in that <laughs> like oh, there's plenty of times where where we fail um and it's like that that idea of of someone maybe putting uh people on, on a pedestal to a degree but but it always comes down to some of the things you mentioned earlier like comparison is is a killer like if we think that god automatically favors a a, a person yeah, or if we think that God is automatically uh, not blessing us and why did he take care of them or whatever. And um, I just remember being like one of my first days in a Christian college at, at Bible school. And the, the leader of the college was made it very clear that it wasn't clearly wasn't about the money. He wasn't, he didn't want to fill up his, his campus so that they could have all this money. He was basically the gist of what he said was, or I think what he actually said was if God doesn't want you here, then we don't want you here. Um, yeah. Like we're not trying to get your tuition and we're not trying to do whatever. Yeah. Like if God doesn't want, then we don't want you here. Like what good does it serve us or you? What benefit is there? Um, and so, so many times, like we'll look around at other people or situations and, and try to strive to, to be somewhere or do something in life. But if that's not where God wants us to be, then like, then I don't want mm. that either. If he doesn't want me yes. here, then I don't want to want that thing then either. Um, but it's that time with him that helps us calibrate uh, those desires and those perspectives. But yeah, man, it always comes back to the main thing being the main thing, which is time with him, um, which is an encouragement and a simplicity, but it's also a conviction um, and an encouragement to, to stay on it on the on that issue of like the the stewardship and stuff like that like if god has showed you something he's promised you something and then it seems like it's going in a different direction but still being willing to to steward even that that promise well i think that we're called yeah. to do that is to steward the the promises of god right so god shows you something god speaks to you whether it's like something he showed you personally um showed you through through the scriptures or or something that some, it was a prophetic word but like it, it resonated with you and you know like this is what god is saying to me like being willing to to take that word and recognize that most of the time not every time but most of the time when god speaks to us 
especially about stuff that's us and like our future most of the time like that word is not just automatically gonna come into fulfillment unless we partner with god through it unless like there's gonna be so 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 there's engagement there that takes place okay god showed me this about my future but if i just never get up and like do anything with it like is it ever gonna happen probably not so i've got to now engage with god like okay lord well show me like what's the next step what's the first step you know what do you want me to do toward my vision this month this year you know that kind of stuff and yeah. partnering with God through it, standing in obedience and standing in faith, you know, like Hebrews says, holding fast the confession of our faith without wavering. Yeah. And like, I think that's where that comes in, that that wavering happens when we see stuff that doesn't look like it matches up to what God showed us. But what I was going to say was, I, I just think that the trust component uh, becomes yeah. so important there, just being able to trust God with our future and, and, uh, and our present, recognizing, okay, like this might not look this way to me, but I know you see stuff that I don't see. So right. help me to see what you see. But like, yeah. even if I can't see what you see, like I just still need to be willing to just trust you and submit to your leadership and your authority in my life. Because ultimately like you're in charge and you've got my back and you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna allow me to just fail and fall flat and come to nothing. Right. Um, so like just that, that willingness to, to stay in that place of trust, even when it's not easy because of what it looks like in front of us. That's so true. That's super key. That's good, man. So bro, I haven't been able to um, get, uh, ever since you were talking about your knuckles turning to white, (laughs) I've been, (laughs) I've had under oath in my head the whole time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, I did just want to, before we, before we end here, we're coming up actually pretty close to two hours. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to, I I, I considered it for a second, but, um, but, uh, but just wanted to, I felt like I'd be remiss if I didn't say something about Furnace Fest, um, (laughs) like, uh, and our, our time together. But I, I, I felt like something that went through my mind was the, I don't know if this is going to sound weird, but like, the sacredness of our friendship, the sacredness of our relationship, uh, because when uh, when Furnace Fest like was on the table as an option, um, as far as like me and you talking, and I brought it up to my wife, she was immediately just like, 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 yeah, like you have to do that with Dan. <laughs> like it wasn't this. It wasn't. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't this thing of like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's talk about it. You know, financially, it's a thing. Like right. you've got to, she's like, um, like, no, like if you have this opportunity to do this, like with yeah, Dan, like you've, you've got to do it. You've got to make it happen. So, right. um, so anyway, it was, it was just cool. I think that, that, that was just a testament to, I don't know. It just, it just felt like everything kind of aligned to allow that to happen. And I'm just so yeah. appreciative of the yeah, women man. in our lives that, um, that sure. were like on board with our bromance after all these years. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel like <laughs> I it's a big deal. <laughs> my wife was all for it. She's like, yes, like go have a, go friend, be a kid, please. like go be yeah. a child. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, otherwise she, she, cause I think she knew like, otherwise she'd hear it for the next 20 years if I didn't do it and we were like, oh man, I wish I never, I wish I did that. She saw that show or went down. Um, cause I would be that guy probably like, yeah, me too. but, uh, but yeah, man, it was awesome. It was a special time. 
and for me it was a whole it was a whole package thing for sure it was uh it wasn't like just the festival um or or anything like that it was like the full like the connection and this time together and being able to see uh uh denise and the kids uh and just life and how you guys are living life and ministry and uh getting experience that firsthand was was pretty special but uh but yeah man it's awesome it's good stuff yeah it was uh a dream come true <laughs> it was <laughs> this podcast for me was a dream come true dan i appreciate you for real yeah, thank nice, you man. I thank a, you again I for being my, here yeah my pleasure man all my all my random uh anxieties were like like no one wants to hear anything you have to say. Devil, the devil tried to stop it with yeah, all right. those technical difficulties. I had to get on the phone with the internet company and get stuff fixed. But, but I appreciate yeah. you for sure, like hanging around, <laughs> waiting yeah, yeah. that, that giving me that extra space and uh, for just yeah, all your time on your day off. I'd super Glad appreciate to. it. Glad to, yeah, for you, man, for you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love you, man. Love you too, bro. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to do it again sometime. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, there's plenty. I'm sure we could talk for plenty. And it was God's God's stuff this time around, probably mostly. But, uh, there's, is it, is it weird that I'm surprised? Like, I thought, I thought, (laughs) like, so, cause, cause I mean, none of that, none of that was planned. I mean, none of, none of what we just discussed was pre thought out or, or anything. That's not, if I had an idea in my mind of where the conversation was going to go, it wasn't where it went. And, And um, I think that's super cool. Me too. And that's always God, because like, if I'm, if I'm honest with you, the way God will, I'll speak for myself the way God has worked plenty of times is that like, he can be speaking really clearly in a conversation that, that he's helped guiding. Um, and the things that that person says is what I needed to hear in those moments, or even the mm. things that he's leading me to say, are the things that I need to hear in those moments. It's powerful. And so, uh, and so even when pastors are preaching or whatever else, like there's a, a strong percentage of what they're saying, like God is speaking to them as well as to everyone else. And, for uh, sure. and I know for me, I'm walking away with like, like definite things of encouragement and also conviction. Um, and I think he ordains all this stuff from, from, from phone calls to online connections to furnace fest or, or, uh, or podcasts or whatever. Uh, he, mm-hmm. It's awesome that he uses all these things, and so I'm thankful for sure of how he led the, the conversation because I'm not I'm not speaking from a place of of position or having figured things out, but uh, half the time things are being said, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to I need to be doing that better, um, or I need to <laughs> like that's the right perspective to have, and uh, right, it's, a, it's always a a good encouragement. So I'm thankful for the opportunity uh, for God to speak through all of it it's good stuff so thanks man we'll have to, we'll definitely have to do it again before before number 98 uh yeah, yeah, 98. Another, yeah. <laughs> how about 51 no uh <laughs> but but i uh i do really it's really cool the way that you um articulated that just now because it's so true and i've i've seen that happen you know at different times throughout this podcast and there is something that's really powerful about like you hearing yourself say something yeah. that kind of helps to solidify it or to sort of seal it in your heart and in your mind and um it just sort of it it's it's powerful and it's uh, it's cool that you um articulated that the way that you did super helpful um yeah. well thank you everybody who stopped by and checked this out whether it was yeah. in its entirety which i don't know if anybody had the uh 
<laughs> that kind of time on their hands. But I know a lot of people were here kind of in and out and I, and I really appreciate it. We've got a bunch of comments um, yeah, in a couple yeah. different places and I just uh, appreciate you guys for taking the time to check this out. Also yeah. for all those that uh, took the time to listen to this on one of the podcast platforms later on, really appreciate it. If this uh, episode blessed you or added any kind of value to your life, if you consider liking, subscribing, sharing, anything like that, I would super, super appreciate it. So thank you guys so much again. And uh, Dan, thank you again, man. I love you. Yeah, I love you too, bro. My pleasure. Bye, everybody.